0: this week on Viewpoints. I've made more friends through Peloton than
1: any other, I'll call it institution in my adult life. The
0: appeal of at-home
2: fitness, then. There is no universal single time for anyone to know. What time it is, is going to depend on everybody's individual location and personal history, how they've been moving around. The
3: intricacies of time. I'm Marty Peterson.
0: And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.
4: With just one spray of MicroBand 24, your hard surfaces are sanitized for up to 24 hours. Touch after touch after touch. So six hours from now? Still sanitized. 12 hours? Yep. 18 hours. We're really doing this. 24 hours. When used as directed, one spray of MicroBand keeps killing 99.9% of bacteria touch after touch for, yeah, up to 24 hours. Wow. MicroBand 24, the sanitizer four out of five doctors would use in their own homes. So why aren't you? Yes, I'm so sorry about the wait, ma'am. I'll be with you shortly. Um, Carrie, how many appointments did we book at 230? Jin's physical therapy clinic is pretty stretched.
5: He needs another PT
3: before
4: patients get bent out of shape. Indeed, can help him hire great people fast.
5: I need Indeed.
4: Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
0: When was the last time you exercised, or better yet, where did you choose to go? Did you drive to a nearby gym or choose to squeeze in a quick workout at home? These days, it seems like the exercise world is filled with infinite options. From spin bikes to smart treadmills to thousands of streamable on-demand classes, people can pick and choose what works best for them. For nearly 6 million people, Peloton is the preferred choice. For Dr. David J. Miller, who owns one, it took a little bit of time to warm up to this hefty investment. My wife announced to me that she had purchased the bike early one morning before I
1: had coffee. And when I found out how much it was, I became very upset because we had an exercise bike, which I would purchased a decade earlier. We had a treadmill, and we also had a beautiful neighborhood, and she was a member of the gym. And so I didn't understand why one more piece of equipment came in, it arrived, I ignored it. And eventually, after a really poor performance in an adult hockey game and ultimate boredom on our treadmill, I finally tried the Peloton. And it immediately blew me away when I saw the puddles of sweat beneath me. I had never done spinning or indoor cycling. I hadn't been in group fitness since a martial arts class years earlier.
0: And so I was shocked. Dr. David J. Miller is a faculty member within the School of Business at George Mason University. He's also the author of the upcoming book, Sweating Together. Fast forward years later, and he's still a Peloton convert. And he's not alone. In 2020, Peloton stock soared 440% as the demand for at-home fitness soared during the height of the pandemic. For several months, the company couldn't keep up with orders for its signature spin bike. But it's not just about the equipment. Miller says what sets Peloton apart is the online community.
1: This is something that wasn't planned by the company. It was by the users. And it was really probably not uncommon that you would have a new venture where the community reached out to one another, the members, the users to learn because the company didn't know exactly what was going on. So... The community would give each other tips on how to use the bike and how to clip your shoes and how to adjust your seat. And people would want to know, well, when are you riding? And this was on Facebook and Reddit. And so people just started creating this concept because they wanted to meet the people, the names on this leaderboard that would represent the riders. I've made more friends through Peloton than any other, I'll call it, institution in my adult life more than
0: through any workplace or neighborhood or schools or kids' activities. This feeling of being connected is also a big motivator when exercising. It's the same draw that traditional brick-and-mortar gyms rely on. Seeing others work out in the same space or in a fitness class is much easier than going at it completely alone. Miller agrees, but says it's sometimes nicer to do this from the comfort of his home. The stuff that probably goes on in a traditional gym where you judge someone based on what they're wearing or what they
1: look like or whatever you're judging is, their water bottle, that's gone on a Peloton bike. All you see is their leaderboard name. And so that's what I think with the Internet in general, oftentimes it makes it easier to connect and communicate because any baggage from the, quote, real world kind of disappears. You're all just there to ride a class or Talk about Pez dispensers if you want to go back to the founding of eBay. or It just
0: brings it down to that core element. We're all here to get healthy together. This is a big appeal for many at-home fitness platforms outside of Peloton. It's convenient, quick, and you can show up whenever and however you like. Even past the pandemic, the industry is expected to continue growing. Currently, the global home fitness equipment market is valued at more than $10 billion, by 2028, it's set to hit $14 billion, according to market research firm Fortune Business Insights. With so much growth in at-home fitness, some may wonder, what does the future hold for brick-and-mortar gyms? For traditional, small, local
1: gyms, doing what they've always done, servicing their immediate community, and that's been hard with the pandemic making sure that they meet the needs of the immediate community. In most cases, it's often convenience. It's location. It's hours. It's ritual. So as long as they continue to do that but keep on pace with technology, and there's lots of proxies in other industries. So, for example, small restaurants are using Grubhub and Uber Eats and Postmates and other services to get themselves in the delivery and online game. And for gyms that may be more traditional and local, there's many new service providers that allow them to get in like ClassPass and things of that nature. So keeping their eye on that, but also like the bigger gyms, making sure they're focused on their customers and not worrying about all the noise because fitness has always been fragmented. And as long as they continue to understand their market
0: and serve them, they'll survive through the trends that come in and out. Dr. Glenn Gazer agrees with this assessment and says that variation within the industry is key. Gazer is a professor of exercise physiology in the College of Health Solutions at Arizona State University. People will always have different fitness preferences, whether that means exercising outdoors, at a gym, in a class, or from their homes. The biggest focus should be making it as easy as possible for people to get moving, because right now, many Americans are falling short. Somewhere in the range of about 25 to 30 percent
6: of U.S. citizens get in no leisure time physical activity at all. And then there is about another 25 to 30 percent that are insufficiently active, in other words, they get in some physical activity but rarely meet the to 150 minute per week minimum for moderate intensity activity. So now we're talking about more than half the population, somewhere between maybe 50 to 70% of the population are either inactive or insufficiently active, which means that we're left with only roughly about a third of the population that gets in regular physical activity of at least a moderate intensity. And so there's a huge percentage of the population that falls short of the physical activity recommendations.
0: Gazer points out that even if you don't have time to squeeze in 20 to 45 minutes of exercise per day, something is better than nothing. Having more options in the fitness category just makes it more accessible for people to stay on track. Everyone's familiar with the term yo-yo dieting. The people start a diet and they can't stay with it, so they quit
6: and they gain all their weight back. And then months later, a year later, whatever, they do it all over again. And so this term yo-yo dieting has been around for decades. But uh, there's also a term that I refer to. It's yo-yo fitness, that people start an exercise program. They don't achieve their goals that they want. Maybe they bit off a little too much, was a little too ambitious, and then they quit. And they go back to their sedentary lifestyle, and sometime later they start again. And yo-yo fitness is no good either.
0: Because in order to maintain the health benefits of exercise, you've got to stay with the exercise program. And variation in exercise can help with consistency so you don't get bored. Whether you're taking a boxing class or doing yoga through YouTube, there are more exercise options and platforms out there than ever before. Miller says it's a competitive industry and one that's always evolving. When it comes to fitness, and this is historical, there traditionally is not a
1: dominant player. People choose to do different things. People switch around. There's geographic, as we mentioned, things to keep in mind. People still want to go to the gym. There's all these contradictions after the lockdown that they love connected fitness and they love meeting people. However, they want to get back to the routine. They do want to get out of the house. They do want to see other people.
0: Right now, Peloton is also rethinking its future strategy as sales have dipped in recent months, sending their stock price plummeting.
1: I know their customers, uh, you know, are very vocal online. So I think, as long as Peloton continues to focus on that and not listen to the competitors and what they're doing, then I think they do have a long, profitable future. But they've got a course correct in
0: the next year or two. Companies come and go, but people will always need to work out. Who knows what's the next big thing in the fitness industry? We'll be waiting. To find out more about the evolving fitness landscape and our guests, Dr. David J. Miller and Dr. Glenn Gazer, visit ViewpointsRadio.org. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. I'm Gary Price.
3: Coming up, from water clocks to atomic clocks, we explore the history of timekeeping when Viewpoints returns.
4: Hey, Ray Magliazzi here. I'd like to carry more parts at my shop, but I just don't have the room. Every time I go in the back to get wiper blades, I trip over a dusty crate of
2: Honda air filters, then bang my head on some GTO radiator hoses. eBay Motors never has
4: that problem. They stock all the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them, with everything from new headlights to vintage gear shifters. I can't imagine being able to stock 122 million parts. I mean, where would I get all those shelves? eBay Motors,
0: let's ride.
4: Research shows that people remember radio ads with lots of sound effects. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here are some zany sounds. Saving on home insurance is no laughing matter. Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. The money you save could change your life. It's time for you to take your insurance choice seriously. Only pay for what you need at libertymutual.com. Liberty, Liberty, liberty
3: Several times a day, people across the globe glance at their phones, watches, and good old-fashioned wall clocks to get the time. If you stop and think about it, many of the tasks we do are dictated by this mode of measurement, whether it's a work meeting at 10, lunch at noon, or a workout class at 6. Time is a constant reminder of each fleeting moment passing by. But before modern technology, how did early people tell time? Well, there have been many different methods across centuries and civilizations. But one of the easiest ways to get an estimate is to simply look up at the sky.
2: The oldest way of measuring time is a highly local thing, right? You're looking at what is the position of the sun in the sky. And of course, now we know that the sun appears to move through the sky because the Earth is rotating. That means that it's different times at different places on the surface of the Earth. So depending on exactly where you're standing, the sun will be seen in a different position in the sky, and thus it'll appear to be a different time. So, you know, right from the earliest days, there's this issue of time being something that's essentially local in particular to a given location.
3: That's Chad Orzell, an associate professor of physics and astronomy at Union College in New York and the author of A Brief History of Timekeeping, The Science of Marking Time, From Stonehenge to Atomic Clocks. Orzel says that today we've synchronized clocks around the world through the use of time zones, like eastern, central, and so on. But rewind back to earlier civilizations, and measuring time was a purely local calculation, using inventions that looked at a larger scale.
2: The very earliest kinds of clocks that exist are essentially solstice markers, or the earliest surviving clocks, the things that we can still see in operation today, are solstice markers. So they're basically enormous constructions that have some alignment to the position of the rising or setting sun.
3: But these massive structures don't tell exact time. In past civilizations, they were mainly used to ring in the changing of the seasons. Orzell highlights one unique site called New Grange that's right outside of Dublin in Ireland.
2: It's a giant artificial hill made of about 100,000 metric tons of stone and dirt that's heaped up. And there's a passage going into the center of this artificial hill. And once a year around the winter solstice, so around December 21st, the rising sun is aligned at just the right position so that it casts a beam of light down this 20 meter long passage into the central chamber of this hill. And that's the only time all year that that central chamber gets lit up. This is something that works as a clock that tells you once a year, okay, we are now at the winter solstice and that's an incredibly important piece of information for an agrarian society, right? That tells you today is the shortest day of the year. This is as bad as it's going to get from here on out. The days are going to get longer. It's going to start getting warmer. It's time to prepare for spring.
3: These ancient designs mark the beginnings of modern timekeeping. Each is an important piece of history that still fascinates millions to this day. Take the global appeal of Stonehenge, for instance. According to archaeologists, this was yet another structure where people of the past came together and celebrated the winter solstice.
2: This is a collection of stones, the giant sort of letter pie-shaped trilithons in Stonehenge that are set up so that if you're standing in the right position, you see the setting sun framed by these on one day of the year. And that tells you where you are in the calendar. That's okay. Now I know it's the winter solstice. And this is incredibly significant if you're an agrarian society. So these are the oldest and most spectacular kinds of monuments. Stonehenge is particularly interesting because you know it's this huge open thing it's out in the middle of a field and so you can see it from a wide range of distances and you can imagine you know gatherings of hundreds thousands of people coming together there to see these particular events that are highlighted by that
3: if you travel outside of europe you'll find a more precise method of keeping time called water clocks these ingenious designs were seen in early egypt and china and could be used to measure a specified amount of time. The
2: core idea of a water clock is you just take a container full of water, and you put a hole in the bottom and let the water drip out, right? And then you measure time by, you know, how long does it take the water to drip out? If you can have an outflow-type water clock, that's a container that starts out full, and you mark the level as it drops, and that tells you how much time has elapsed.
3: This basic concept eventually led to the build-out of a more complex and accurate structure that was engineered in China during the 12th century by a man named Su Song. It stood around 40 feet high and more closely resembled the type of clock towers we know today. Orzel says the main framework was made up of a massive wheel with buckets on the ends that would get filled by water flowing at a constant rate.
2: So the bucket at one end of the wheel is under this water source, it fills up. When the bucket gets full, it tips and it triggers a release mechanism that lets the wheel rotate by a small amount, moves that bucket out of the way, brings an empty one in, and then the locking mechanism kicks back in. That bucket fills, right? When it's full, it tips, lets the wheel rotate one more bucket worth and so on. And so it's this massive clock that's powered by flowing water and regulated by the flow of the water so it turns you know one bucket's worth every couple of minutes and that was used to drive a giant public clock display they had placards showing what time it was they had drums and bells and things that would sound the hours right all of this powered by this constant flow of water so it's a really ingenious thing that's kind of between a classic water clock that's just a container filling up with water, and a modern mechanical clock, which is something where you have gears that are turning, driven by some force.
3: Yet, mechanical clocks were, in fact, not invented until a couple hundred years later. For centuries, water clock towers were the predominant way to measure time. But fast forward to today, and it would be hard to stumble upon a working water clock. Instead, atomic clocks are the go-to in the modern era. This technology relies on the resonance frequencies of atoms to get the most accurate timing science has to offer. We
2: can build atomic clocks that are incredibly precise and verify that. They've done this at Gilla in Boulder. They built these atomic clocks that are based on
3: aluminum ions. These precise clocks are vital for more than just everyday use. For example, today's modern GPS system relies on a large network of atomic clocks inside satellites that orbit the Earth and broadcast the precise time. But how does time play into finding a location? Orzell says one way to think about location is in terms of how long it would take you to get from where you are to someplace else. For instance, someone residing in a suburb could describe where they live as being 30 minutes outside of a nearby city. If they told you a second town and how far that one was from their house, you could combine the information to get a better idea of where they live. What
2: we do with GPS is essentially the same. You take the signal from several clocks and compare them, and that tells you how long the light waves carrying the signal with the time took to get to you from each satellite. And if you know how long the light took to get to you from the satellite, you know how far away you are from the satellite. That gets you a distance. You're somewhere on a sphere centered on that satellite. And if you have three of these or four of these, you can find a single point on the surface of the Earth where those spheres intersect and say, that's my location. So the fact that we know the orbits of these satellites extremely well, and we know the distance from your position to the satellite that enables you to take three of those distances and turn it into a location on the surface of the earth, which works incredibly well. And this requires timing of, you have to have time signals for this process that are accurate to within a few nanoseconds, right? Light travels about one foot per nanosecond. So you need clocks that are good to nanosecond precision, which means you need atomic clocks.
3: Timekeeping is a complicated topic, but it's also a constant measurement that every human on Earth relies on. To find out more about all things time and our guest, Chad Orzel, visit viewpointsradio.org. You can also check out his new book, A Brief History of Timekeeping, now available online and in bookstores. For more behind the scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Twitter and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Amira Saveri. Studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson.
0: Viewpoints returns in just a moment.
4: With just one spray of MicroBand 24, your hard surfaces are sanitized for up to 24 hours, touch after touch after touch. So six hours from now? Still sanitized. 12 hours? Yep. 18 hours. We're really doing this. 24 hours. When used as directed, one spray of MicroBand keeps killing 99.9% of bacteria touch after touch for, yeah, up to 24 hours. Wow. MicroBand 24, the sanitizer four out of five doctors would use in their own homes. So why aren't you? This is your Wendy's wake up call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh-brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus frosty creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup, free, when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only or participating Wendy's on the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest-priced qualifying item.
5: Not valid for third-party delivery. Welcome to Culture Crash, where we examine what's new and old in entertainment. Throughout college, my friends and I would gather around to watch How I Met Your Mother together. I remember binge-watching past seasons with my roommate and then watching the episodes week to week between classes or after we got back from intramural sports, so those years are what I associate with that show. When Hulu announced its plans to make a spin-off series called How I Met Your Father, my college friends and I all texted each other about it. We were excited and looking forward to this new show that we could talk about over text now that we all live across the country from each other. There's just one slight problem, though. When the first two episodes of How I Met Your Father went live on Hulu, none of us especially liked them, Now, in fairness, plenty of comedies start slow and take some time to get their footing, so hopefully this can be a situation like that, but man, I'm nervous. The Hilary Duff-led spin-off has a similar premise to the original show, but it just doesn't have the laughs that the original series provided. I even went back and re-watched the first two episodes of How I Met Your Mother and can verify they are indeed much funnier and more creative than How I Met Your Father has been. Again, there's still time, but me and my friends are hoping the Hulu series can pick it up and give us something worth texting about. All episodes of How I Met Your Mother and the first few episodes of How I Met Your Father are now streaming
4: on Hulu. I'm Evan Rowe. You're always up for some fun with the family. So you order the essentials, a new board game, some baking supplies, and even a new projector for outdoor movie night. And with the Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card, you can choose to earn 3% cash back on online shopping, which could increase to up to 5.25% as a preferred rewards member. Rewards which you can put toward an extra treat that everyone will enjoy like an old-fashioned popcorn machine. Visit bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding and apply now. Copyright 2021 Bank of America Corporation. Hey y'all, this is your girl Cheryl Underwood And I want to tell you something My digestive system used to make me feel sluggish But those days are over Now I feel great That's because I increased my fiber intake With the Metamucil 2 Week Challenge And I'm still hooked I just took Metamucil every day for 14 days And it's really that easy Metamucil traps and removes the waste that weighs you down So you feel lighter and more energetic Now I never want to go back to that heavy feeling Are you ready for the Metamucil 2 Week Challenge For a coupon and daily support Sign up at Metamucil.com today